welcome to the second episode of Imperial Interlude, discussing all things from a galaxy far, far away. I'm your host, Tim, and with me is Rav. Hello, Rav. Hi, Tim. How was your first impression overall on the new episode? Um, initially, because I watched it uh, when it dropped. So in the UK, it dropped at 8 a.m. So mm -hmm. I watched it when it first dropped. Um, I was a little underwhelmed. But I think that's coming possibly off the high of what happened at the end of, especially at the end of the first episode, you know, yeah. with, the, with the reveal. I'm pretty sure this there, there is a some, there were some expectations set. Yeah, uh, and I said in the last episode, no, he's not going to show up in the next episode. Mm. They don't, <laughs> they're not going to do that. And <laughs> but then I watched it again, and I enjoyed it. Um. I did still think it was a bit of a filler episode, it but is. I think it was it was laying the groundwork for some stuff that's coming in episode three and beyond. Also, it's not a uh, it doesn't have a final conclusion. It only no. has a relatively open end, like the first had. And mm -hmm. I'm starting to like this. This isn't the like uh, Star Trek usually yeah. had when yeah the episode is concluded, everybody has a happy end, and everybody goes their way. So this is a bit of a difference. Yeah, a bit like the way Babylon Five used to do it. Yeah, um, with its story, with its elongated storytelling over a season, not just your condensed forty-five minutes. Yeah, you, you you can see there's an overarching element that mm -hmm. tries to bind everything together. Mm -hmm. I like the very cheesy beginning of it mm, with the the ambush and things. Yeah, so. Once again, for the final time, spoiler alert: we're not holding back. <laughs> if you don't have, don't want to have any spoilers, stop now. So this episode literally, literally uh, starts where the first one ends in the middle of the desert with our Mandalorians cruising along the desert, right into a classic. This is a very tight rope ambush, knocking him off his speeder bike. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was um, it was it was interesting that they actually you know that that well he, you know, I'm guessing he didn't see it, but you know because it was very very quick and the speed he was yeah. moving and stuff. But then when the when it the the fighting which was quite good where you know it was all close quarter as he tried to use his gun and that was not, that was dropped off. But the other one that I I didn't pick up on originally was the al was the little alien. This the Zuru Yara Jabba thing. Yes, it's if you look at him, and then for people who have seen it, uh, remember the alien that uh, Ray meets. That there's a scavenger alien on on this little riding beast. I tell you that that one, or later on when she's in the um, in the town paying yeah. for it, it's the same alien. Oh, it's exactly the same costume. Well, that's that's a coincidence. We also have a me bugging personally continuation error in that very first fight. Did you notice? No. When he's falling off his bike and he's getting into the fist fight with a mm -hmm. guy with a bald head. Mm -hmm. When he comes around the corner, he's wearing some weird eyeglass construction. Then the camera <laughs> cuts. And it cuts back, and suddenly mm -hmm. he has no headgear on whatsoever. <laughs> oh, I can forgive that. It, it, it's about three fun. seconds. It, mm. You could argue he has got it 
nicked off his head by a blow to the face or something. But mm-hmm. uh, if if it was normal glasses, I would say, yeah, you can lose them. But these are strapped to his head like they are there to stay forever. <laughs> Indeed. But it was interesting how we um, used the, when the, the little alien fires the, the like the, the harpoon. Yeah, and then he then he ducks and he going and hits the other two straight in the face. Though so, the alien doesn't fire the harpoon, is it not? No, no. He, oh, he aims him? with the oh. rifle. Mando nicks the the rifle with the harpoon oh, and then ducks. The other way, isn't it? Yes, so, and then ducks. Yeah, because it's a harpoon gun that they're using against him, isn't it? No, it's not a harpoon. Not. I don't think thieves would uh, try harpooning anything. <laughs> Mm. And, and then him having to barter for the little one's life by give, giving the rocket pack and I, mm-hmm. at that point I was yeah he, he's not getting out alive <laughs> no <laughs> no definitely not especially when you know for a fact he controls it off his gauntlet yeah, and, it was and... quite funny though that especially the look he gives the the babe, the child after the thunk and the camera cuts before the black bit where he just looks down at him and just sort of shrugs. Yeah, and it, <laughs> like, did, you, did you notice uh, the baby starts to, to purr like a kitten while he's having him <laughs> yes. in, in the air flying? <laughs> like, oh, I like what you're doing. <laughs> so this is not your 100% lawful good Yoda. This is a child with all intents and purposes. Exactly. It was, it was, it was, it was a I think it was a good way of opening. I think it, it, you know, it sort of laid a little bit of continuation from the previous story. Yeah, and then and him having then, walking back to town with all his valuables to a very spaghetti western music tune. I yes. think was a very nice touch. Mm-hmm. Very nineteen sixties guy with his saddle and nothing yeah. else. And then. <laughs> Also, um, he he's shown to get back into the cantina, which we had seen in these episodes before. Mm-hmm. And if you look closely, there's this same satellite dishy thing buried in the ground as in the original cantina. So I'm going to say that is the cantina. I think it was in the first season. It was said that it was not said so much, but heavily hinted that that was the original cantina you just didn't have the human bartender you had the droid bartender yeah and, and the whole intensive purposes the layout and everything was the exactly ig88 head things yes. that make up the back i think we it's safe to say that yeah this is the cantina maybe had has switched ownership one or two times even and, and did you notice the uh, bartender droid in the background when he was talking uh, to the large and in, the, in this one piece that looked very much similar to the uh, droid that was in the service of Jabba in the cellar where all the other droids were held. You mean the the, the one that was torturing, that there was like the, the droid that was almost like the... Char- no, no, not the, not the white skinny dude, the, the one that did the talking behind the desk. Yes, yes, that's the one I'm thinking of, yes. That's very much the same model, I think. At least the the long gated uh, avian like head. I'm wondering like that. if that the 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 alien that the that um, Pelimoto is playing Sabak with, Doctor Mandible, mm-hmm. um, is the name that seems to be there. I wonder if that's a vulpine, which was a race from the extended universe, which were very tech savvy. You know, they were very much into their making weapons and stuff and everything like that. So I wonder if that's them having a little bit nod, not mentioning the race. But it's, it's they are an insect species called I, the vulpine. I'm wondering if that's 
a nod to them. I think it's safe to say that Mandalorian so far has been very filled with uh, hints and mm -hmm. nods to anything that's re closely related to official canon as it can get. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's nice to see that they are they're, they're fleshing it out more and more, I think, with the alien races and, you know, and the, the, the different representation. Because, you know, we all remember the, the original trilogy. Yes, they did have the aliens, but a vast majority of the the conversation and stuff was all with humans. Yeah, and, and where no, no Starfighter pilot was actually shown to be a different race apart from New mm -hmm. Yonam. Yeah. And I, I know that there were plans originally to have alien species in cockpits, but for some reason they didn't go with it. Mm -hmm. But speaking of fleshing out, the next scene is when uh, he's back in the hangar and mm -hmm. there's a large piece of the dragon grilled <laughs> on yes. a speeder bike. Or no, at a... What they called? Uh, uh, barbecue, really. An engine <laughs> of, an, of a pod racer. Yes, they were using a Padres engine to, to barbecue the crate dragon meat. And, and again, a, a situation where I can very much emphasize with the baby where it's looking at the boiling meat drooling. <laughs> I think baby was hungry somehow. You know, just... I, I think that's the, the, the subtitle of the show. The Mandalorian <laughs> featuring the hungry baby. <laughs> But then, 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 leading into from that scene, from the last scene, is where Motto says that she's possibly got some, shall we say, someone that knows of another conclave hidden off somewhere, a, and that's where the title. Two more Mandalorians. Yeah, which is where the title of the episode comes from: the passenger. Yeah, though, uh, though it should be plural because the passenger is a female frog humanoid and she's carrying her offspring in a container mm -hmm. little little caviars <laughs> indeed <laughs> but um and then and then of course motto is 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 technically tricks i would say of bends the truth i think it's probably the best way of describing it to get the the mando to take the job with the passenger because she says you know it's, it's I'll, I'll vouch for this person with my life and then later on about five ten minutes later she goes i've only just messed up meta but she but i know people yeah <laughs> so, so she's not so much tricking him as to uh, maybe overemphasize yes some parts of the truth mm -hmm. and then... the biggest thing is it it would be only a short trip to the next sector but since her offspring can't handle uh, transwarp or whatever you would call it, light speed travel, they are forced to, to go sublight, which he uh, doesn't really like the Mandalorian. No, because it's quite interesting that he's, the way that he describes it. It says it's more dangerous to travel via sublight, which is something that, you know, that's I'm assuming is from this time period, but it's never actually mentioned anywhere else really in star wars that it is dangerous this dangerous to travel at type of drive well it's, at, it's at non sorry at non hyperdrive speeds well it's uh, if, if you start thinking it really is a, a logical con conclusion because you leave the planet you punch in your coordinates and you go to hyperdrive and you're yeah. off everybody's radar unless you got an imperial star in detector or something like that to to get people dropped out of hyperdrive yeah but going sublight through the system you're on people's radar literally mm -hmm. so every warlord radar 
or run of the mill, no good deeds, people can hunch onto you. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing as well as it's, it's this episode sort of answered the question of what that water planet is possibly is. Because I think a lot of people thought, oh, it's Moncala, or, you know, or... Looked um, a bit cold. <laughs> or, um, what was the other one? There's another one as well. I can't remember, is this one of the plants from the Old Republic? Khan. K mm. I think it's K-A-R-R-A-N. Karen or Khan. It's one of the plants in the in the game. I've probably got butchered the name. <laughs> um, it's probably Karen or something. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, something like that. But um, it was... So it's not Mancola, and I think a lot of people as well as is, 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 uh, thought that's where he was heading to, because in the trailer you see a lot of Moncala and Quarren sort of in the, in the at the docks and stuff. Yeah, but those so think, are a, a sentient space one exactly. race, so they could be everywhere. Mm -hmm. But I think the the a lot of the fans thought, oh, we're going to Moncala, we're going to see Moncala. Well, yeah, we've sort of seen Moncala anyway. It may be possible. For us mm. to get there at some point, but uh, uh, this is the same with with Boba Fett. We will see him again, but I wouldn't count on the first two episodes on it. <laughs> no, um, I've got I've got some thoughts on that, which we'll probably cover at the end because I think it leads into episode three and beyond. Yeah, what I think what I think might might be going on. Um, so he takes the job and sort of travels off, and then do you want to explain what happens next? Then well, they basically they go. To sleep, uh, not but not before he he hasn't uh, seen the baby taking one of the eggs out of this container and swallowing it whole. So it's literally caviar at this time for Baby Yoda. He tells him not to do that anymore and puts him back into his crib and they go and take a nap. And we get rudely awakened by this very annoying sound we already heard on the original Star Wars movie when the TIE fighter comes into close vicinity, approximation alert, going and then suddenly he's quite wide awake because two X-Wings are flanking him. Indeed. Now what, what's interesting about, definitely about one of those X-Wings pilots, it's one of the X-Wing pilots from the episode the, um, the Prisoner from Season 1. Oh, I didn't notice. Did you not notice no. it was Dave Dave Filoni again, mm. pl playing the same character? Because the character's actually got a title, got a name now. It's called Trapper Wolf, and it's Dave Filoni's one. Trapper and then, Wolf. That Trapper sounds Wolf. like some character from Mesh Forty Seven Seven. Trapper John. <laughs> Trapper John McIntyre yes. from, from, um, <laughs> from Mesh. But no, um, it's the name Dave Filoni's character used because. When you when Dave used to go to celebration a lot, when he did celebration, he would always have a, a wolf T-shirt on, mm -hmm. and that was part of his, you know, and the, the cowboy hat as we know, Dave Filoni. Um, whereas especially when he was speaking and stuff, so that's part of like his his look when he was doing it, and I think that's where they picked the name from. Wow. So yes, it's 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 so the 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 pilot that doesn't speak is is um, Dave Filoni. The other pilot is that um, Carson Trivia, which was the guy that, that the the Asian guy, mm -hmm. the the older one, the older one. Now he's a comedian, and he, he's done a a bunch of stuff, but he's also a member of the Five O First. He's not a very member of the Five O First. I'm just going to bring it up here because it's got the name of the the actor, and yeah, it's Paul Sung. 
Sung Hung Lee. He's a Korean Canadian actor, and he was in uh, a show called Kim's Convenience, which was a uh, like a comedy show about a convenience store. Um, convenience convenience store. Um, he's also uh, also had a hobby of making Star Wars and Ghostbusters cosplay. And if you look at some of the stuff he's done, he's got a cosplay of himself as a mud trooper mm-hmm. from Solo. Um, and he's a member of the 501st because that's where some of the pictures are. So that was the the other gentleman that was playing the the the, the, the one that was doing all the talking. Yeah, and and the shooting later on, but we'll and get to that later as well. Yeah. Um, so there's they they have a conversation with them if I remember correctly with the with the Mando, and then it's to do with them not having an IFF on. Yeah, he, he's getting hell because he's not transponding, and he, he goes back on saying, "Yeah, I'm uh, pre-imperial uh, surplus. I'm not required." And the, the the very gentle reply is, "Well, now you need to because this sector is under control by the Rebel Alliance." Mm. Which, which kind? It's kind of weird. So it's still the Rebel Alliance at that point, and not. No, he says New Republic. It does. Yeah, they say New Republic. Oh, I must get checking my ears then. I, <laughs> I, I, I could have sworn he said uh, Rebel Alliance, but no, they, they definitely say the New Republic. We're now under uh, the sector is now under control of the New Republic, so it, it looks like they're expanding out the the control that the New Republic seem to be having. Um, within sort of the the law, shall we say, within within the Mando, and that which possibly assumes that they may turn up later in the season to possibly with the stuff with Moth Gideon when word gets out about him. But you know who can tell? Um, as the story seems to be centralising around Din Djarin and the child. Yeah, in, could, in could search. Um, but yeah, so so they they have that conversation as as you sort of mentioned with you know with Dinjarin about the IFF and stuff and then the other pilot asks him uh, asks his captain to go to a different channel and there's a bit of conversation and as that conversation is happening the man is sort of looking around and you get the classic locking X-Files yeah which I thought was very much to a, was like, oh, oh we're in shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was like you look at it and go oh oh dear this and then is going to end badly. Yes, very badly. And then the the communication opens again, and then asks if the Razor Quest uh, was in the vicinity of that correctional transport, which was the one from the same episode, the prisoner. So it looks like they were able to identify the ship, at least on some level. On some level, so yeah. So instead of shall we say replying or turning he, his ship over <laughs> yes he, he decides to run for it which i thought was really cool it was a really cool um sort of flight yeah. sequence and it's the it's it's the sequence that we see in the trailer yeah it's and and the the question that one of the pilot goes what is he trying to do he's going to break up in this atmosphere and yeah he, he yeah. didn't <laughs> No, he didn't break up but i thought it was interesting the way he was cut his engines and stuff and just sort of free fold down yeah, through the clouds and stuff, it was very, very reminiscent of like of fighter pilot, you know, like that sort of fighter pilot thing that I think Star Wars is based all of their ship combat on anyway, which I, is what I George also got on. a bit of a Firefly feeling on that. Mm, yes, Ve- very reckless maneuvering, no shits given about the passengers. <laughs> Definitely, it was very, very much as well. Speaking of Firefly, it was very much from like Serenity, yeah, being chased by the Reavers. 
and I think they cut the engines don't they, in, in the in the movie and and they sort of do that huge big sort of free fall thing so yeah and he ends up going in the atmosphere of an ice planet so it's not Ilum either which a lot of people were were wondering you know <laughs> what the ice planet was going to be because I think the speculation around Ahsoka <laughs> and other ones was you know that we're going to end up on Ilum or maybe that's where some Jedi are you know because Ilum, as we know, is a is a is a planet where kyber crystals are and stuff. Yeah, but but, but we had our crystal now in episode one with the cry dragon, did, yes. so we, we don't Great need another too. one. <laughs> you never know with Dave and John Favreau sort of doing their bit. What 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 are they you know planning? What what little Easter eggs are they they putting in there? We need more 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 lightsaber material for some <laughs> weird reason. <laughs> We're laying, we're laying that foundation for the Kenobi series. That's what it is. Great <laughs> <laughs> <Trade> secrets. <laughs> yeah, so he, he actually manages to to uh, get them off his trails by some very weird flying and landing backwards underneath a large piece of ice. And then he drops through the floor, literally, and the Razor Crest is badly damaged it is which is where the, the 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 footage that we see of the of them sort of coming out with the child out of the ship in the trailer is on the on the the mm. icy thing the other thing that we we should really mention is before they encounter the x-wings the frog lady as just as seems to be everybody's calling her um doesn't speak any other languages apart from our own yeah, she she uh, she seems to be able to understand the the uh, normal basic that he's spe- uh, he's speaking. I'm just guessing he's speaking basic because nothing else is said. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can't communicate with her on any shape, way, shape, or form. So so after they sort of crash land, um, he basically tells her, "There's no way we're going to get to that planet." You know, it's it's. It's it's over pretty much, you know, and 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 all that, you know. We'll, we'll get off the planet. We'll drop you off somewhere, and she doesn't take lightly to this because he, he he goes to sleep with. Um, yeah, he he, he said something along the lines like, "We take a rest now, and tomorrow I will try to fix up our ship, and then yeah. we see what will happen, what will happen." Yeah, he also goes and gets some rations and stuff for the and blankets and stuff, and. You know, I, I think he accosts the child again after the uh, to find the child. He goes and looks for the child in the in the um Directly in the crib where he the is. Crash, yes. And the, the child's child, not there, and then he's child is eating again. <laughs> yeah, eating eating another bit of caviar again. So then he um says no, locks it up again, gets some rations and stuff, and then goes back to the cockpit with I think the child, and then uh basically tells her that. We're going to go rest, and then I'm going to try and fix the ship, and then we'll drop you off somewhere. Yeah, so and then all of a sudden, it sort of cuts, and then as he's sleeping, it suddenly. Well, they they start sleeping up. while they're all three in the lower part of the ship yeah. eating. Mm-hmm. Then he's uh, making himself comfortable. The baby is snuggling up. The frog lady is snuggling with a can of caviar and putting the blanket over it. And then the camera fades, only to have our hero awaken to the sound of an assassin droid. <laughs> yes. So the droid that that he killed in the, the pilot one. The 
the the yeah the in the prison episodes a lot of what seems to be gone on was based around that sixth episode it, it's so a strong anchor in in this episode yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so the the bits with the x-wings hunting down the razor quest and then the proto it's called a protocol droid zero but i think you know it's it's the model of droids a protocol droid probably with some reprogramming to be the pilot stroke assassin that it was um telling him to wake up and of course Mandalorian draws his blaster and and it's basically the frog ladies managed to bypass all of the security protocols and everything of the droid and just use its vocabulator to communicate with him and she basically guilts him <laughs> i think would probably be the best way of describing no, it no i i think guilt him would be a bit harsh because he did give her uh, her his word and yeah. since she is as she says on her last cycle of reproduction and these are the last springs she will ever produce um it's a very vital mission for her and and he's simply now noticing okay this isn't just transporting one from a to b but a somewhere more heavy thing mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 more the fact is getting him to keep his word i think so yeah. it's not necessarily guilt but the she, obligation keep, she keep reminds him of his uh word as a mandalorian yeah so he sort of it's not so much a grumble but he grabs a toolkit and stuff and starts well, he starts working, he's not happy about it, but he starts working, yeah. trying to patch up the ship. Mm-hmm. And then he gets goes outside, patching up the ship, where he gets a visit from our little caviar-loving friend, mm-hmm. uh, who is trying to get his attention. Mm-hmm. Because there are tracks in the snow leading away from the Silvercrest, because Frog Lady, for some weird reason, which I can really not explain started wandering off in the this deep freeze world to find mm-hmm. some sort of hot spring. This this is the only point in the story where I thought, why? How did I'm wonder- did, did, did I'm she know she- there are some hot springs around or is she going on on a risk or how how? What what sentient being would go outside in that freezing cold? Yeah, I'm I'm wondering if it's more the fact is that she didn't think he was going to um help and she left with the 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 eggs to find somewhere where she could get off the planet. She came across the hot spring. That would be my logical thing, I think, you know, from, from it, because it's not really explained. Yeah, but as you said, there's no explanation given. Yeah. And so basically, she's wandering off. She's finding mm-hmm. a hot pond and is taking a bath. And she's literally pouring her little ones into this unknown mm-hmm. water, which is, as a parent, totally unresponsible. But... Hey, who am I to talk to a frog lady? <laughs> yeah, we 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 don't we don't have frog spawns, so, you know. Nope, we we only have one or two. Usually, we don't. And, and she doesn't even seem to notice that Baby Yoda has eaten two or three of her offspring. Or four, <laughs> depending <laughs> on how many. Yeah. But um, so the the, the so they. The, the the child sort of gets his attention and then that's when he uses the visor which I thought was really cool where he's showing off the, the tracking again mm-hmm. which I think he used in first season and, I think he used a similar sort of thing and and then he, he wanders around following the imprints in the mm-hmm. snow and the thermal leftovers and whatever to find her bathing yeah with her with her children and then he puts the child down and then and is having a conversation I think he's speaking to her when the child sort of the camera cuts to the child wandering up slightly and 
it what looks like it the, comes across in the cave comes across what looks like an egg initially. Yeah, some something or, that, that could be eggs. eggs or shrooms or anything similar like that. It, it's uh, very easy to say this is the part where shit hits the fan and everything went down. Yes, every everything goes sideways. So I was I would say if if, if you watch if you haven't watched the episode and you're still listening, why? Spoilers. Um, also, if you haven't seen it and you don't care for spoilers and you will watch this later. Please be aware, this is a very arachnophobic forcing. <laughs> so th there are going to be many, many legs. There are indeed. So the so the child wanders up and is it? It opens. It's one of the eggs opens. Yeah. He, no, he 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 tears one open and he finds a little open, yeah. spider in it and starts munching on it. Mm -hmm. oh, again, <laughs> this this baby has a a stomach of steel. <laughs> Obviously, and then, no taste buds. And then the camera pulls back more as we see there's lots of eggs. And then. And they after... start to bubble and burst. And then, as is tradition in any spider horror film, there are suddenly ample supply of our eight legged friends. A large number of little ones, medium sized ones as well. Yeah. And I think the child runs back and gets the attention. Yeah, at this point, the, the Mandalorian already has collected most of the eggs and they start fighting off spiders. Indeed. Did you notice Frog Lady used a trick to get her clothes? No, I just noticed she moved off camera and then back around. Yes, she used her tongue. Like, oh yes, like in the food yes. sec uh, uh, sequence where she uh, snacked the food from the plate with her tongue. There suddenly the tongue goes around, across the screen in the background, and she gets her clothes that way. Yes, which I found hilarious at that moment. <laughs> and then, and then of course they, they they're doing the mad bash dash back through the the caves that they came from. Yeah, but but not before Shh. Mama Spider crashes through the roof, yes. being in approximately the size of the silver crest indeed so she well no she comes out through the um through the the tunnel first doesn't she yeah and roars at them and then you get the the crazy chase and then of course the mando using all his tools so shooting them setting them on fire so he blowing gets pieces up is is his is his flamethrower and blowing things <laughs> as well as they rush back to the ship fighting them in the ship as well which I thought was like oh no as they crawl basically into the ship yeah the, I, when they were running towards the ship my first thought was the ship is wide open there's no safety in the ship <laughs> mm. but then again there's the cockpit and they get in the cockpit making a lot of baby spiders dead in the process Indeed. and lock the doors but then the mama spider comes back again. It does as he tries to take off as well. So he, he manages to get the engines blasting off, and as they take off, I thought, "Yep, yeah, that's it. They're, they're going to get away." And then, of course, mother turns up and hits the top and starts it is basically. Pissed. <laughs> and it's not happy and basically starts um putting a huge great big mandible of sorts through through the the cockpit window yeah at this point we, we might point out that these spiders are again a uh, not to the very early days of star wars because they are based on a design by ralph mccreary from Indeed. the very very early stages so if mm -hmm. anybody of you have a art book by ralph mccreary you may 
search for them. And I think uh, earlier, uh, before we started recording, you said something like these spiders were in Star uh, Star Wars Rebels also. Yes, they were in Rebels. There's um, right first season of Rebels, second season of Rebels. It's the third season of Rebels when they end up on the planets. And uh, Kane and Jarrus is going to see the Bantu, mm-hmm. who was voiced by Tom Baker. Um, and there's these spiders on the planet. They're very, very similar in design. So okay. that's where I think they took this, the the Rebels uh, design. I, I need from to rewatch Rebels and, and uh, Clone Wars, the series, I think, to get some references that are currently just passing me by. <laughs> Um, so it's it's the third season, I think it's because it's the season after Kanan gets blinded and Kanan gets blinded on Malachor, which is the Sith, where the mm. Sith is. And that's where they encounter Maul. Uh, that's where Maul has been hiding for how many ever years. Um, so that's how they introduced Maul into into Rebels and sort of close off his story eventually with Twin Sons, um, which which is something I do recommend for people to watch. Definitely. I've rewatched all of Rebels now. So I've actually caught up. I've watched all of Clone Wars, all of Rebels, and all of Resistance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's certainly a thing going with the uh, Star Wars series and Disney Plus currently. Definitely Disney Plus. So, yeah, so those are from, it seems to be that they're the similar design yeah. to ones. So it's all, and as you said, it all links back to what Ralph McQuarrie and his. And his um, his original artwork. You Th- know. Though I have to say the the uh, the spider beasts in the Mandalorian right now are look like a one to one port. There's mm-hmm. not much leeway in uh, artistic liberty taken. They really look like this picture of him. Mm-hmm. So as the the mother's attacking and they're getting ready either to shoot or be killed, shots ring out from outside into the into the mother and then the shots continue and continue and continue so the mandalorian opens the door to the cockpit and sort of creeps out and then he basically comes across the two x-wings and their pilots with their guns drawn busy shooting all the spiders off the razor yeah. quest again when they started shooting the the audio was a very giving cue if you ever listen to to star wars i think this is a very unique laser firing sound they used for the rifles the two pilots are using and for some weird reason the silver crest was void of any spiders all of a sudden as if mama has called them out or something yeah i think as also as well there was still some crawling around but i think after the mother died because she was the first one to sort of die very quickly i'm wondering if they they scattered could be you know, so, you know. I mean, it's not, it's not, nothing really major to the story. I think, you know, from, from, you know, from, from a, from a telling point of view. You know, it's one of those many mystical TV things of <laughs> things are there at one it's, time and then it's they a disappear. Plot, it's Why? a plot point. If you think too much about it, you're going exactly. to ruin the experience. So just go with it. It's, it's space western uh, adjacent to some magic fairyland of good and evil. So don't think too much of it. It's Definitely. not Star Trek. It doesn't want to be logical. It's what it wants to be enjoyed. Yeah, it wants to be entertaining. And, yeah, and 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 in, in, in its own lane. So there's a bit of a conversation between the Mando and the the pilots. He asks, "Is he going to be arrested?" And this they say, "We should arrest you." But however. So the the bur, 
Brooke, Mayfield and Zian, which were the three, which was the Deveronian, the human and the Twi'lek that he locked onto the, the ship were wanted. So, you know, so they're not going to arrest him. And Mando said, you know, I'll waver the, the I'll also waver the um the bounty if you help me. And the pilots turned around and said, you know, pretty much no. <laughs> we're not going to help you, but we're not going to arrest you. And tells him to fix the pilots tells him to fix his transponder so they don't vaporize him the next time and then depart. So the band also, went... a, a very important thing I uh, think what should be mentioned is that they main emphasis the pilot gives for not arresting Mando is basically that the security cameras on the prison ship have shown that he was out and about trying to save that poor pilot's life of the prison ship that got murdered by his comrades. Indeed, the that he actually tried to save a new Republic officer and stuff, and yeah. and then and then there's you know that that they they're not going to arrest him. They're going to let him let him go in these trying times, as they call them. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's foreshadowing information that they may or may not have. Could, could very much be, and uh, we, we we should always have in in a back of mind that this is a post Death Star two universe. Mm -hmm. This is pretty much in turmoil. And every warlord that has some influence has is trying to gather up as much power as he can, while the mm -hmm. new republic is trying to uh, re-establish power in what was the galactic republic. Yeah, trying to re reclaim order, shall yeah. we say, out of the chaos. And then the X-wings depart. So Dejarin repairs the cockpit, makes it good enough so they can basically survive in there to get to the to the. To the planet, yeah, uh, tells the frog lady, you know, we're going to be in here for a while, so you better use the fresh air, otherwise, you know, yeah. that's it. If, if you need to take a leak, take it now, otherwise, Pretty we much. have to be in here with me. And then, does he give a time? I think two days or something. Uh, I think he does. I'm, I'm I've, I've it, it wasn't it. a non trivial amount of time yeah. to be without a toilet, indeed. So, yeah. And then they take off, and as the Razor Quest, which looks really badly damaged, takes off, it cuts to the child eating another one of the eggs. Wherever he <laughs> did store that. And, and just let me tell you, I think I know what the visual uh, department was trying to get across when they showed the Silver Crest limping along the mm -hmm. sky, but I think they overdone it a bit. <laughs> a mm -hmm. tiny bit. That, that, what, that heap of junk that is crumbling through the space is simply no this is can't work next time he tries to re-enter atmosphere anywhere he's going to get to blown to smithereens definitely that thing is busted far beyond any repairability by the looks of it but we have seen ships come back from worse indeed but it was a short episode as well compared to last week's so it was only 40 minutes well, short but, is a relative term. Uh, the, I suppose you know. The, I th the the first eight episodes were also around that mark. So yeah. I think in uh, in the way of length and quality, we have been very much spoiled by the first mm -hmm. episode for the season. Well, Jordan Favreau did do an interview and said that the 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 episode length will vary. That there is going to be varying episode lengths in season two more than what we had in say mm -hmm. season one um but also i mean so that was sort of the episode in a nutshell but i think it's laying a lot of and 
I think to be honest, we could probably say this episode is probably going to be if we see it, the next episode, chapter chapter eleven as it's called, or episode three, is the next part of this. So say it was one episode, but split over two two parts. Yeah. So this whole little arc is probably going to be in running time about an hour, like well, sorry, not an hour, about a movie length. So say in eighty minutes. Mm-hmm. I think is probably the best way of describing it. So this was like the first half, and then the next part is going to be the, the the next half of the story of him delivering the woman to uh, the the frog lady to the planet to her um, husband and a p- potential potential uh, place to get her eggs fertilized mm-hmm. as is stated at the beginning of the episode but what's what what i think as well and this was something i alluded to at the beginning was i think the trailer that went out the the one and only trailer that we ever that we got has own is only covering I think the first four episodes could be. I think it's only going to cover the first four. I don't think we're going to or the first five. Say, I don't think we're going to see. We have seen anything about the back three episodes of of this season. I think because the 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 scene when he's on the the water planet and you see Sasha Banks in the crowd who disappears. At the scene before that, you see the what you see the back of the frog lady with the canister on her back with another person of her race. Mm-hmm. So that's them two heading to the docks. Yeah. Well, we, that, that then could be a thing we see next week. That's what I'm thinking. Is that there was the the scenes from the trailer? If you look, or I think from the stuff with the fight. In, in the thing in the in the stuff with the uh, where where we get in the comedy scene in the trailer that we also where the baby locked himself in this crate that mm. was from episode one the stuff with the 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 x wings and stuff that we saw in the trailer and the crashing of the razor crest the sliding along the ice that was from episode two i think the stuff that where we see sasha banks and the frog lady and the water planet that's from episode three and i think the stuff with navarro i could be wrong Maybe episode four and five. I don't think we've seen anything on the back end of this season. And I think the back end of the season, because there's been some discussion, John Favreau's done some interviews and stuff, and he said this is going to be a bit like Empire Strikes Back. Whether that's in tone or in story or how it ends, I think the back end of the season is when Boba's going to turn up. I think Boba's going to be the one that takes the child to Moff Gideon. Could be, and uh, let's be honest. If they really manage to uh, get a Empire Strikes Back feeling from the end of this uh, ep- uh, from this season, I would be mm-hmm. highly impressed. This this that... isn't re- uh, what uh, Empire Strikes Back did was surprise everybody because mm-hmm. they did something nobody else did before. There was the re- revelation of uh, Luke's father. There was the basically empire winning that episode Mm -hmm. and since then i think you start to um expect something like that in the star wars universe you don't get surprised that much if Mm -hmm. the uh, evil side is suddenly having an advantage or something i think that's what's going to happen though i think moff gideon by the end of the episode season is going to have the child i think that's where they're going to end it on or some some weird standoff between uh, Mandalorian and Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
well, we sh we we need to wait and see. We need to wait, but I I think you know we can't. We, there's there's you know there's speculation going on, and we we you know with the Boba Fett and the Cobb Vanth room. Well, the Tamori Morrison. Let's not say Boba Fett, even though I think you know yeah. I think we can all say it is Fett. It's not going to be a clone. It's Fett. No, we know it, it's going to be Fett. since he's he's been uh, featured as Boba Fett in the credits of. IMDb. I'm saying this is official. Yeah, even <laughs> even though anybody can edit those, <laughs> it's been like Wikipedia. Nobody would do that now, would they? No, well, <laughs> but um, definitely with the cast, with the Timothy Oliphant casting of of Cobb Vanth, and I think the Rosario. That means then the Rosario Dawson possible casting of Ahsoka is probably true. Um, but I don't. I think she'll only be in one episode, and it won't. And and I think, like I said, that'll probably be at the back end of the season as well, because if I think they're trying to hold off a lot of the surprises, so the stuff with Tumuri Morrison, yes, it was leaked in, or he was seen on set, but it wasn't said where he was seen and in what context. Yeah, um, also, people could be on set just simply as an advisor or something. Exactly, or as a visit. You know, George Lucas visited the set three or four times. So, you know... I mean, as, as long as you don't see people in costume... Mm -hmm. uh, Everything is open to, for debate. Exactly. So, but um, no, I think it's it's it was a quiet episode, but I think that's that's in comparison to episode nine. You know, I think they needed that. But the other interesting thing is, did you notice the director? No. It's Peyton Reed directed it. Now Peyton Reed wrote and directed Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh. <laughs> So that's why we've got a bugs in this episode, Pro probably. Probably, <laughs> or, or maybe they had the the episode written down and you know who can direct this? It's full of bugs. Yes. <laughs> oh, I know a guy. I know a guy. <laughs> we know a guy. So yes, Peyton redirected this episode, and I know that one of the other episodes coming up is a Robert Rodriguez episode. He's he's on as down as a director as well that, as that name rings a bell, but I can't put it into context. From dusk till dawn, um, El Mariachi. Once oh, upon a time those, in Mexico. Yes. Yeah, those those ones. So, um, so another spaghetti western on the way. <laughs> sort of another spaghetti western. Another a gentleman, I would say, who knows action. Yeah. Um, but, but, be... but saying action, I think even though this uh, chapter ten, episode two, has started some somehow quiet slowly mm -hmm. i that was it, i it was tense i really mm -hmm. was on on the edge of my my seat when the the chasing on these spiders were because mm -hmm. it well it's a new series we don't know who will survive where things will go mm -hmm. and yeah it, it went a different way i would have expected yeah it it, it was and I, I think you know as well as anything where that's got bugs in them chasing people you know you you know you have that primal sort of even though we may not be afraid of spiders <laughs> still you know it's it, it is that that sort of fight or flight i still wouldn't creepy, eat them <laughs> still wouldn't eat them creepy crawly thing isn't there so but you know it, it was it was a quiet episode in terms of story beat but in terms of visuals and action it was quite heavily packed and, and, and i think it, it was really good and it's an episode that's for the aged Star Wars fan with some nice chasing action in the skies with X-Wings and a, a weird fighter pilot and uh, shortly, shortly after that a chasing sequence with evil monsters. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, I, I think that's one for the family. <laughs> 
Yeah, definitely one for the family. So I think this is it what we have to say about season two, episode two, chapter 10 of The Mandalorian. I hope you out there have enjoyed our little show. I say thank you, Ralph, for being here and lending your voice with your omnipotent knowledge of all things Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and you're very much great Google Foo whilst talking. My great Google Foo merely, yes. <laughs> Wikipedia is your friend. <laughs> yes. I will hear you again next week and hopefully Disney keeps it up with this. So Definitely. farewell, well met. Bye.